so great to get to know so many new readers. Yes. From all over the place, too. They're everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's a terrific group. I look at where the podcast is listened to around the globe, and I'm always surprised how many actual listeners we have from like Australia and Ireland. And it's really, we're global. That's awesome. <laughs> we're global. We're global. <laughs> I love that. First, we were just in Mary Kay's office, and now we're global. Right. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. Mary Kay's office with the bad internet connection. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Friends and Fiction Writer's Block Podcast. Four New York Times bestselling authors, one rock star librarian, and endless stories. Join Mary Kay Andrews, Kristen Harmel, Christy Woodson Harvey, and Patty Callahan Henry, along with Ron Block. As novelists, we are four longtime friends with 70 books between us. And I am Ron Block. Please join us for fascinating author interviews and insider talk about publishing and writing. If you love books and are curious about the writing world, you are in the right place. Welcome to a truly wonderful holiday special. I am so thrilled to be hosting this party with some of the most amazing humans that I am so lucky to know. It's so wonderful to think back on what the past year and a half has put us all through. And as the old saying goes, when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. Mm -hmm. Who would have guessed such amazing friendships would form and grow into the community we're all a part of? While I could go on and on, I think you would much rather hear who's at my holiday party. So first up, we have Mary Kay Andrews. Hi, Mary Kay. Hi. Just on cue, my dogs are barking. So, I mean, my dog dogs, not my feet dogs. Well, Merry Christmas, cool. everybody. It's a party. So <laughs> next up, we have Christy Woodson Harvey. Hi, Christy. Hi, Ron. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy Yay. holidays. And now let's welcome my next guest, Patty Callahan Henry. Hi, Ron. I sure wish this was in um, a room together. Yes. Where we were all celebrating, but Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and this is so fun. Yes, I know. Um, And next up is Kristen Harmel. Kristen, it's so good to see you. It's so good to see you, Ron, or to hear hear you, hear you you as well. I am so happy to be here. Happy Holidays. Thanks for the party invitation, but I thought someone said there would be drinks. Oh, (laughs) Stay I tuned. Was, I think it was DYRB, Kristen. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm always, Very always soon. screwing that up. All right. Bring okay. your own, your own microphone and bring your own drink. <laughs> yeah, sadly. Uh, someday in person, we'll we'll have a live party with drinks. Oh, yeah. And last but absolutely not least is the glue that holds everything together. I am so thrilled to welcome Meg Walker. Meg Aww. is our managing Hi. director, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Merry Christmas, everybody. It's really nice to be here. Wish it was in person, but I'll take it. I'll take it too. Right. So, what would a party be without cocktails, right? We talked about that already a little bit. <laughs> so, I want to go around and find out from you all what are some of your favorite libations that you look forward to at the holidays. So, uh, let's start with you, Mary Kay. I love this um, adult Slurpee. It's called a Red Rooster. (gasps) And it's made with um, frozen cranberry juice, orange juice, and lemonade, and ginger ale. And you freeze that uh, into like a Slurpee thing. And then you throw in some ginger ale and some delightful vodka. 
<laughs> I'm drunk already. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just so tasty and it. festive. It's the wow. juice makes it really festive. <laughs> So Christy, and the vodka what, makes it even more refreshing. Oh, it always <laughs> does. You always got to have vodka. Christy, what is always on your list for a holiday favorite? You know, this does not really seem Christmassy, but for some reason, my sister-in-law and I like got into this a few years ago. And, you know, you said when life gives you lemons, make lemonade, but I think limoncello. So every year I like make yeah. a big batch. We love limoncello and sometimes strawberry cello. And it's not really that super festive, but for some reason, that we only do it on days. I don't know. I like just, that. Just plop a cranberry in it and you're good. There you go. Yeah, yeah exactly. Something yeah. green. Put a little holly sprig on the side, but yes. don't let it hit your face. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump over to Meg. Meg, what is your drink of choice around the holidays? Well, I like anything with bubbles at the holidays. Yeah. Um, we we tend to make poinsettia cocktails. I don't know if anyone's ever had that, but um, Emerald Lagasse has a great recipe. It's basically vodka, champagne, and cranberry juice. Mm. And then um, oh, he says to put an orange twist in, but I actually put actual sliced up oranges and squeeze them because I like the sweetness of the orange juice in there. Oh, yummy. Wow. Really yummy. Oh. Wow. Yeah. We're going to have quite a party. <laughs> yeah. So uh Kristen, Kristen, I know that you would must have a holiday cocktail. <laughs> well, I'm also a big fan of champagne, but I'm a big fan of champagne 365 days a year, you know, all, all the time, not just at the holidays. I uh I, I feel like champagne goes with everything and every holiday. Um during the winter holidays though, um I really like mulled wine. That's um that's something uh I first had maybe five or six years ago. And it's become kind of a tradition where you add um, a bottle of red wine, a little bit of sugar, some mulling spices, and either a little bit of orange juice or apple cider. And um, it's just so good. And it kind of warms you up on a cold winter day. Do you need that in Orlando? No, yeah, that's right. the, 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 the irony of the Florida girl telling you about a cold winter's day cannot be overlooked, but yes. The irony of the Florida girl having the only warm drink. Right, yeah, I know. Right, for sure. <laughs> I mean, oh you guys, God. for those for those days when it drops down to a shivery seventy-two, you have to be That's prepared. Right. I'm just joking. That's why when I lived in Florida, I was always so weird—not weird it out, but like people that like when it gets to seventy, they put on their parkas and they all think it's like <laughs> a Uggs. cold front. It's like, come on, <laughs> no. oh, it's crazy. So, Patty, you're next up. You know, Christy just said, I don't know if that's holiday festive, but I think that's the thing with our favorites during the holidays, that it's our favorite makes it festive. So it doesn't have to be like pink or green or red. But my favorite um, during the holidays, because it's such a treat, is what's called a French 75. Yeah. And it's my favorite. I can only have one drink um but it's made of gin and simple syrup and lemon and champagne and if a bartender knows how to make one like a real one it's the best holiday drink i can think of good call i think that's absolutely great just so, Paris in Las Vegas. how was it did they make a good one they really did. Yes, it was beautiful and tasty. 
you know, it's so funny. Whenever I order one, I always say, do you know how to make a French 75? And if their face kind of goes blank, like I'll figure it out. I'm like, forget it. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. No, that's not good. Like they're going to know what you're going to get. That's funny. So I premiered a, a new cocktail that I actually am in love with now. And I, I don't usually like sweet drinks, but it's a, um, a cranberry bourbon sour that Ooh. I premiered on, with, uh, on the book Ooh. club happy hour last week. And it was yeah. so good. And again, it's probably only about one is all you can handle, but it's, yeah. it's so delicious. So I think what we'll do is we'll, hopefully collect all these recipes and post them on Ooh, the Facebook page once this drops. You know, what's interesting too, is to know where the names came from for these drinks, ah. because we drink them without thinking. So for example, a French 75, what I've been told, I have not done my research is that it's named after a cannon in, in the, I think it was the French revolutionary war. A French 75 is a cannon because it hits you so hard. So oh, it's interesting oh, to know where oh, wow. the names of these drinks came from. I never that knew that. That was cool. I love it. I love it. So, so let's um, let's just change the tone a little bit because, as I said when we started, we've been through an awful lot as as a nation, <sighs> as people, uh, the last year and a half, and it's really been really really rough. At, uh, but. I feel like Friends in Fiction was the bright spot. So what has the this bright spot meant to each of you? Who wants to go first? We'll go backwards this time. I'll go first. Okay, and then we'll do go it. Around. Um, what's meant the most to me, I've said it so many times, but it can't be overstated, is the community. Um, there, There is no way you can downplay what community means to us, whether it's a neighborhood, a family, a religious group, a spiritual group, or this book-loving community. And um, to, to realize that we did something we love and a community grew up around it, just, that's what means the most to me. I love it. I love it. Kristen? You know, along those lines, along the lines of what Patty said, I think it's just that sense that we will never be alone again. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, oh. and, and that we never were. And I think, um, I think it took me the pandemic to realize that, that there was this community here all along that, that unites all of us. We, we all love books. And I think we unite in friendship over that. And I think that's something that will always exist pandemic or no pandemic, um, you know, e even, even many years from now. So it was good to be reminded of that. And I'm grateful to the friends and fiction community for doing that for us. That's Amazing. wonderful. Wonderful. Meg, how about you? Um, I, I, this has been such a, a respite. It's hard to think of it that way with the, the six of us on the screen together, looking at each other, knowing how much work we put into this. But um, I think I, I kind of became a workaholic during the pandemic, but it was a good thing um, because there was so much stress and loss in my, in my family. Personally, 2020 was a terrible year. And um, right. so having, the, having work to distract was really welcome. And I think the one thing that's been um, really rewarding for me personally is that to, to listen to so many people say how we've reignited their love of reading. Um, yeah. It's, tough for us because we're so connected to books and publishing and 
what's coming out. And we always have these gigantic to be read piles and um, to hear like personal friends of mine and people that we know through the friends and fiction community on Facebook say that, you know, they had um, not been able to, to read much and they had couldn't, you know, their attention span wasn't there. And then this show came along and um, you know, suddenly they've read 25 or 50 books in a year that they've never read that much before. It's that, that part's really rewarding. Yeah. That's so true. So true. Christy. I sort of riffing off of what Meg said, that was sort of what I was going to say is that I think we have this, um, like the outside world has this perception that like, you know, publishing is going somewhere. It's changing so rapidly. And, um, I think this group more than anything, it kind of took away that fear that that's happening or that, you know, what we do is not going to be as relevant anymore because, um, there are so many people who wouldn't trade anything for holding a book or the written word or listening or whatever it is, but that there's still a place for these stories that we're telling. There's still an audience for them and um, it's big and it's growing and it's vibrant and it's people who are, um, you know, from all different places who believe all different things. And um, it's just really fascinating to get to have that kind of one-on-one connection with our readers. And I think we probably felt like we did in a small way through our, you know, social media and that kind of thing. But, um, but this group has just come alongside us in a way that um, I just don't think I could have really anticipated. And it's just been hugely rewarding and so great to get to know so many new readers. Yes. From all over the place too. They're everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's a terrific group. I look at where the podcast is listened to around the globe, and I'm always surprised how many actual listeners we have from like Australia and Ireland. And it's really, we're global. That's awesome. We're global. We're global. (laughs) I love that. First, we were just in Mary Kay's office, and now we're global. Right. (laughs) Right. Right, right, right. Mary Kay's office with the bad internet connection. (laughs) (laughs) And people crawling on floors yeah, to yeah, connect yeah. things. And <laughs> I love it. Um, so Mary Kay, what has this chapter meant for you? I think it's allowed all of us to be a little bit vulnerable mm-hmm. and to say to ourselves and to each other, I, I'm not good at that. <laughs> yeah. I need help. And knowing that, you know, this, this sisterhood is ready and willing um, to step in. And to lift the burden a little bit. So if one of us is has on a deadline, which I have been on, the others just, you know, smoothly step in and say, gotcha, sister. And that's then that's been great. And I hope that that has um, I hope that that has been made um, visible to our listeners and to our viewers who say, oh, okay, that, that happened, that's going on, but look, they're helping each other out. And, and I think it translates to um, the friends and fiction community where somebody will say, well, I, you know, I can't get that book from the library. Oh, I'll send it to you. (laughs) Or, you know, people sharing their book loves and really opening up to each other. And of course, you know, we've all experienced now, um, being at a, a, a live event, a public event, and and friends and fiction members, you know, saying, "Hey, I know you from Friends and Fiction," which has been really cool. Yeah, I saw a post the other day, Mary Kay, and somebody was posting about Wild Dunes and said, "How do we all find each other?" And I brought oh. one right back. Oh, no problem. <laughs> yeah, you know, because they they 
they we would like to think they're going for us and maybe they are, but they're also going to find each other, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so true. So true. I heard from so many people that are like, Oh my God, I can't wait to meet you in person and, yeah. and, yeah. and see uh, my favorite authors. It's really wonderful. So I had this unique perspective of uh, first being an, an enjoyer of everything that you were doing when you first started friends and fiction. And I would, um, and it started to give me as a reader such a focus because I was a little tired of making focaccia bread and pizzas and sourdoughs, and <laughs> blah, 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 and on and on and on. And it kind of, it kind of, and I think a lot of the uh, listeners and viewers will share this. It kind of brought us back. And then when you were all so gracious and wonderful to ask me to join the team, I was overjoyed. And what that's brought me is a focus again. It's bringing everything back to life and it's helping me be organized. And I, I just love everything about doing this. So I, I, you know, I, I've said this before, but I cannot thank you all enough for bringing me along. <laughs> oh, we don't know what we would do without you. Come I on. was just going to say, we're, we're the, Come we're on. the lucky ones. Man. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, um, what you put into this, is just yeah. incredible. Well, I, well, mine will top yours every day. <laughs> okay so yeah now that we're all teary um, it's good to argue about who loves who more that's not a bad problem to have right so i also wanted to talk because um not only for me but for the people listening there's um we know each other pretty well but there's always things that we we can learn about each other and stuff so let's talk about some traditions what are some of the memories that you have um surrounding the holidays whether when you were uh young younger or you know growing up who wants to Christ- mary Kay. Uh, we have a christmas yeah. eve tradition um, going back to when my husband and I were dating in college, uh, we both come from big ethnic Catholic families. So, so we would always go to midnight mass together. And then after midnight mass, we would come back to his mom's house. She would always have a ham ready to come out of the oven. And um, we would have a cocktail and um, open one present. Each person got to open one present Christmas Eve. And so now Fast forward when the when the kids were little, we went to the children's mass, which was six o'clock. Then when they got older, we'd go back to midnight. Now we've got grandkids, so we're about right back to the kids' mass. But the ham, it's the same. The ham is still coming out of the oven when we get back from mass, and the kids are, you know, in the in the living room um, shaking packages, trying to figure out which one is the one they want to open that night. Kathy, do you just, or Mary Kay, do you just leave the ham on low in the oven while you're at mass? How does that yeah. work? Yeah. That's cool. That's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. Like That's that. a good idea. So cooking tips too. Wow. Don't do the Marie <laughs> Calendar <laughs> pumpkin pie though. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. That's that's the the thing. That is kind of <laughs> I, I, I cannot even tell you like how much I needed that yesterday. I was like yeah. crying reading Me this too. comment. Me too. Yes. Yep. I was laughing out loud reading that. It was crazy. <laughs> Oh, people sure jump on, don't they? They crowdsource yes. right on the right on the social medias. Yeah. Um, Christy, what about you? Let's talk about um, the tradition for you. Well, I um, 
have been telling this story wrong because in our family, we call them party poppers, like the things that you hold both ends, oh, yeah, yeah. and they have the hat inside and whatever. Yeah. Um, evidently, they're called Christmas crackers. I don't know why yes, we call are. them party poppers, but we have yeah. for, you know, ever. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> You can call them whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, they're evidently like fireworks. So I need to stop saying that because people are probably like, oh, they're like setting off fireworks with their desserts. <laughs> in their house. Yeah. Um, in their house, like with the children. That's a really big thing. Like I'm going to be getting emails about that. So, um, so that is not what we do. That is not what we do. But um, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, uh, my mom does actually both meals now because um, my grandmother, you know, just comes over. She doesn't cook Christmas anymore. But um but so we have two different kinds. Then the Christmas Eve, we have like little party games and Christmas day, we have these like whistles and musical notes and um, everyone gets together and we try to play Christmas carols, which is terrible and ridiculous. <laughs> but it's really fun. And we have a kids versus adults competition. It's very serious. And grandmommy gets to judge and uh, we have a big time doing it. You have to wear your crown the whole time. Like that's very important because there's a crown. Of course you do. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Those tissue paper crowns never fit my head, by the way. (laughs) I know they're always too small. I agree. As you can see, I got a lot of hair here. Crackers during or after dinner or at dessert? When do you pop them? When do you set up your fireworks? With dessert. With dessert. And it's like a big thing. Like everyone gets really excited and like you cannot do it before dessert. It has to be at dessert. Oh, we do ours at the beginning of dinner. Oh, yeah. You do. See, everyone would be too distracted. We'd all be like playing our like jacks or whatever (laughs) we got. Hilarious. I'm getting I'm getting Christmas cracker party poppers. (laughs) We should start a new year too. But they do, but they do um they do pop like there oh, is a yep. spark and, yeah. and, and yeah. gunpowder and whatnot. It's it's pretty exciting. Gunpowder. <laughs> I'm not that sure how much dangerous. We need. She got her Christmas yeah. crackers at south of the border. I think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got the ones that are like. You know. She got them when she was coming to visit me at the Alabama right. line. Yeah. <laughs> I've there so many times this year. I thought I might as well stop and see what they had. <laughs> Oh God, I love that. That place is something else. Yeah. <laughs> so Meg, tell us a tradition that you have in your family or you so growing I, up. I kind of like the traditions have to be kind of adaptable, right? Because times change and relatives. I mean, I'm in the sandwich generation here with aging relatives yeah. and the kids are getting older. But um, so I like each year something, we do something new. And then the kid, yeah. like last year, it was just the four of us for Christmas Eve, which seemed not festive, but we made it super fun. And so this year, uh, my daughter Grace said, that's what we're doing every year from now on. A really great dinner, just the four of us, home alone. I like that. And I was like, okay, yeah. so new traditions get born every year. Speaking um, yeah. of being so born, um, Christmas Day is my birthday. Um, yeah. So the the tradition in our family since, you know, forever, as long as I can remember, is that it's Christmas until a certain time, and then uh, and then it becomes my birthday. That's <laughs> awesome. Everything yeah. switches, and we haul out the birthday cake and the candles and presents that must be wrapped not in Christmas paper. And uh, oh, <laughs> um, so it's fun because everything sort of shifts over, and it's like a second party starts. And um, always, awesome. since I was a kid, my friends would show up at my mother's house, and it was this 
understanding that anyone who wanted to could come and you don't even need an invitation. In fact, I'm insulted that you asked that you think you need an invitation. Like, so it's, it's an open door policy and all night long, people just start flowing in and it's great. And it still happens. And uh, even though I'm in my fifties and all of our kids are, are grown. So now my high school friends and, and their husbands and their children and everyone, you know, so it's nice little open house tradition that we have. That's awesome. That's I think we may all show up this year. Yeah, please. Exactly. <laughs> you know, Meg, my daughter's birthday is New Year's Day. So it's the same thing. Like we're all up late. We do the, we sing old Lang Syne, everybody hugs and kisses. And then we immediately break Ooh. out into the happy birthday song. Oh, you know I love that. That's really That's cool. Sweet. So um, I can relate to you, Megan. My birthday's on the 17th. So it's the whole yeah. thing. But I saw a recent um, thing and I'll try to find it and send it to you. Somebody had taken um, the wise men coming um, to Jerusalem on, on Christmas to hand the the gifts to uh, Mary and they said, Oh, you know, these are for Christmas and birthday. I know Right. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's awesome. It, I loved it. I loved it. I'm going to go find it and put it on our FNF page. That's hilarious. Do it. Oh, I love it. How about you, Kristen? Tell us about uh, your traditions. You know, when I was young, we used to go around and see the Christmas lights every year. My mom would pile us into the uh, into the car. We would drive around. We would see them. We, we did would too. Hot chocolate. Yeah, St. Pete, where you and I both grew up, Mary Kay. Had did you go to Did you go to Snell Isle to see the rich people's lights? Yeah, that's what we yes. did. <laughs> yes, we did. Snell Isle had some great lights. That's actually always where we started. Yep. Um, that's so funny. Uh, so that was always kind of a big tradition. We'd have our candy canes. We'd have our hot chocolate. So we try to do a version of that now, which. Um, if you haven't read it yet, uh, Patty talks uh, about in her parade essay, which I think um, she kind of details the whole thing, which is very cool. Um, another tradition we have now is it's actually from my husband's side of the family. We always go to his mom's place um, the week before Christmas to have like our family Christmas dinner together. And they make this dish called pineapples and cheese, which has Ritz crackers on the top. And it what? sounds so weird and so terrible. And the first year when she told me this is what we're having, I was like, what kind of a Christmas am I walking into? But now I cannot imagine Christmas without it. So I think it's oh, those little, it's, it's delicious in a weird way. Um, but it just says Christmas to me because it, it's it's a tradition that means something that kind of brings us together. We kind of laugh about it every year. And then we all scarf down a gigantic portion of pineapples and cheese. So, you know, I, I think it's those those traditions though, that bind you together. And I think um, it's such a neat thing to talk about because those things that you come back to year after year are the things that ground you and that you can pass on for, you know, forward to the next generation, back to the last generation and I don't know. It just pulls us all so much closer together. Yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Crazy dishes. Yeah. <laughs> Patty, how about you? Um, there's so many. And like Kristen said, I wrote an essay for parade this, you know, coming up that I sort of fell down a rabbit hole of research into where all our traditions come from like the tree and Santa Claus and evergreen inside the house. And we don't often think of where they started. Um, and yet we start our own traditions all the time or don't think about where they began. And I know when I was a kid, we, the presents were not under the tree until Christmas morning, not one present. 
not one thing. And I did the same thing. And now my kids are, you know, married and have their own kids or out working or they're grown up. But if I put a present under the tree during December, they're like, oh, no, no, uh -uh. <laughs> take that out. I don't want to see that until I wake up Christmas morning okay. and they're grown adults and they want to wake up Christmas morning as if some magic elf, i.e. me at midnight, <laughs> put all the gifts under the tree. And, yeah. and I don't think they've ever thought that much about it or what that means, but it, these things that make them feel like I'm home, it's yeah. the holiday, we're together, it's done this way is, yeah. is really interesting. I love it. Santa came to see me until Will was old enough that I was like, he's going to start to wonder, like, why does Santa come see mommy, but like not BB and Howdy and Daddy, you know, oh, like, what? so I finally had to be like, okay, I'm going to have to give it up. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's tough. I love it. Um, so, yeah. So in my family, we, uh, very much like Kathy, I mean, Mary Kay, um, we'd get together, the family would all get together. We'd have my cousins would all get together. My father was one of seven. So there, you can imagine there was a ton of cousins there. And um, we'd all go to midnight mass. But my, I had an uncle who also was a, an incredible guitar player and singer. And we swore he was Johnny Cash. We swore oh. he sounded just like it was awful. And they always had a great big party, lots of food, lots of fun. And then the terror would happen. My father would have had a great time and he would be driving us all home. And that's <laughs> a little scared. <laughs> great memories, right? <laughs> the old days. But, but it was that was in the old days when when that was that was okay yeah. and acceptable. <laughs> it's hilarious what sticks. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, we've touched a little bit about food. I want to know as a group, let's put together the perfect holiday meal. Why don't you tell us something that you absolutely can't live without? And, and you can include pineapple and cheese if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> Patty, let's start with you this time. Cranberry sauce. I, I mean, yep. no holiday meal. Um, I've tried a couple different recipes. I'll even eat it, you know, the canned gel thing. Um, cranberry sauce. Cranberry sauce. I made the recipe that you posted this year that had the, the black it pepper. Good? It was delicious. I loved it. It had ginger in it. It was ginger. so good. Yep. Yep. I loved, I loved it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Kristen? Candy cane pie from the Village Inn. So when the Village Inn stops making them or disappears altogether, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. I'm going to have to, obviously, I'm sure there's a, a recipe for that pie floating around out there somewhere, but picking up the candy cane pie from the Village Inn every year um, is tradition and eating it for dessert on uh, Christmas night is tradition. The good mm, meal. Phenomenal. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so far we're at lots of sugar here. Cranberry yeah. sauce and pie done. Yeah. Someone's going to have to bring a main dish to this party. So I'll, uh, uh, well, <laughs> I'll say we, up, um, we make Osobuco. We used to make it every Christmas oh. Eve and um, oh. it is delicious. And the reason I think mm -hmm. I only made it once a year traditionally is because it's a lot of work um, and expensive. It's expensive to yeah, feed, but yeah. it's delicious with the veal shanks and the, the slow cooking sauce that cooks all day long. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. yummy, hungry. Yeah. I can yeah. smell it now. I know. Yum. So, Christy, what is always on your table at the holidays? 
So we have super specific like meals for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, but my favorite is the one that Kristen put in her parade article, which is uh, my grandmother's brown rice. It's so good and it's full of butter and terrible things for you, but it's just, it's so good. We all fight over it. We have to make double the like amount that we would have for our family. Um, and everyone yeah, loves it. It's delicious. I made it. I taste tested it for the parade article and it was fantastic. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. I need to try it. Sure. Yeah. All right. I'm mean, almost got a full meal here. I feel, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm obligated to throw in a vegetable. <laughs> I, I don't think this is an obligatory meal. This is yeah, I think it's whatever you like. It's okay. Well, you know, my son loves scalloped potatoes. So mm-hmm. I will. And scalloped potatoes are a lot of work, too. You got to slice yeah. them taters. You got to make the cheese sauce, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Uh, but I make this Christmas salad. Ooh. And it has uh, romaine lettuce mm-hmm. and pink grapefruit fruit sections and red onions and dried cranberries and um, candied pecans. Yeah. And um, like a vinaigrette kind of a dressing. And um, is it in your cookbook? It is. It is. It's it's called, I think it's called Charleston Christmas. I actually had it the first time at the Charleston Book and Author Luncheon years ago. Okay. It sounds delicious. Yeah. Yeah, So I'll add a standing rib roast. I yeah, Tom does that too. To get those and get them in the oven and let them slow cook. And I always like take red onions and I uh, roast them around it with potatoes. It's like, oh, oh my God. Is that the same thing as a crown roast? That's a crown roast? Or no? I don't know. Where it, standing rib roast, the, crown roast. Put it in the circle? No, 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 no. no. This is oh, the standing rib roast. roast and then you, it's it's on the gotcha. side. But yeah. Oh, it's like a standing rib. I got you. At, yeah. at the risk of overloading our table with meat, I do like a good turkey for for uh, Christmas mm-hmm. too. I know it's oh, yeah. you know it's something that we think about with Thanksgiving, but I think um, it's a great option for for Christmas too, especially because I think sometimes it's different families hosting each, right. um, and it's such an easy thing to roast in the oven and comes out so beautifully, and it's just such a nice centerpiece to the Christmas table. So true, and uh, and we I think got I... through that whole conversation without the word spatchcock. I know. <laughs> it was we just did. in my head. It was, it was so close. You can't touch a veal shirt. Almost made it. So no, close. You cannot. <laughs> oh, well, I have a new tradition. I think I was starting last night. I tried a garden and gun recipe for cheesy grits. Oh, yeah. Oh, I saw you put it on Facebook. Oh, my God. I just, so good. I, I'm trying to like lower my calories. So I had like one spoonful. The rest of the pan is gone. Oh, yeah. not, not by me. <laughs> wow. I don't know how you do that, like how you cook all that amazing stuff and then just like taste it, it eat it up. Like, somebody once said, like, if you just at least taste a bite and it's your first bite and it's so good and it's so amazing that yeah. any um, any after that is just you shoving this into your mouth. So it's always <laughs> just remember that first bite. I don't know if it works. That but won't help try that, but I don't know. Yeah. That's not going to help me. Not going to help, is it? <laughs> You know, there was a, a novel, I think, I don't know if it was Diane Johnson's Les Divorce, um, where the, it takes place in Paris and, and the woman's husband is French and he says very dismissively to her, why do you have to eat all the chocolate? And she's like, because it's delicious. And he says something like, well, French women only have to have one taste. That's why they stay skinny. They just have one taste of the very best thing. 
Well, oh. I am clearly not well, French. Maybe it was at Le Divorce. It was a book set in France with a, yeah, anyway, never mind. <laughs> so um, we've done food, we've done drinks, we've done traditions. Let's talk about gifts. Um, I want to know, like, what was the kindest gift you ever received? Because we're all about being kind to others these days. And I think that's elevated more through the friends and fiction community. And I think in the world in general, there's just so much kindness out there that we're finding. But um, what 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 is the kindest gift that anybody ever gave to you? Oh, wow. Mary Kay? I'm just trying. I'm sort of puzzling that. Um, next. <laughs> okay. That's okay. I think I have an answer for that. Um, well, I guess maybe the most memorable, um, my grandma, I've actually written about this, but um, my grandmother died when I was three. And the Christmas that I was 10, um, there was a wrapped present from her with a card in her handwriting under the tree. And she, her like favorite thing in the world were her pearls and she wore them every day and she loved them. And she, um, you know, before she died, wrapped them up and left me a note and they were under the tree wow. when I was 10 and I got them for Christmas. And it was definitely, um, it was really cool because I mean, I remember her and shockingly, like surprisingly, I remember her in these little bits and pieces, um, wow. just to have some in her handwriting and her voice and to have like, wow. you know, one of her most prized possessions, like for me, it was really amazing. Wow. I love that. it. I love oh. that. Oh, oh, oh. Mm, How about so you, Meg? Amazing. That's beautiful. Um, well, I opened a gift this morning from Patty that made me cry, and it's so special. But I can't even say what it is because I think she got something very similar for everybody else here. They've already all gotten it. I've got mine. Yes, me too. Yes, so thoughtful. I I opened it up, and it's a it's an original illustration of a stack of books, and the mine because I'm not an author as you know, <laughs> the top one says friends in fiction. And then there's, it's just a bunch of spines and my, mine has my name and then Kat and then Mary Kay, each of you. And I, just to be on that stack with y'all, it was really Aww. heartwarming. So and yeah. yeah, it's really nice. And I'll hang it on my office wall and it'll be there forever. Oh, yes. put that in the dictionary right next to the definition for kindness. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. actually one of my favorite gifts I've ever received too. I was thinking the Aww. same thing and I had the same thought, Meg, like I can't say what it is. Cause what if everyone hasn't done it? <laughs> um, yeah, that was a, a tremendously thoughtful gift. Um, you know, another gift, it, see, I, I think, I think the point is the more personal it is, right? Like the more personal, it, it can be something small. It doesn't have to be something expensive, but just if someone's really thought about you yeah. and giving you something that'll touch your heart and stay with you. I think that's, that really means a lot. And to that end, this was not a Christmas gift, but I will tell you one of the nicest things I've ever gotten. I'm looking at it right now. Um, when I hit the New York times list for the first time, which again, not a holiday gift, um, you guys, uh, got me a, um, uh, a framed, um, page from the, from the New York times with, um, with that highlighted. And not only did I frame that, which she sent me in a beautiful matted frame, but I framed the note that you wrote me along with it. Cause it Aww. meant so much to me to know, um, it, it wasn't just something that I had done. It was something that we all did together. You guys were there with me every step of the way. And that it just meant the world to me. So along with that idea of a personal, meaningful thing that, that you'll never forget. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Ooh. 
I know, okay. right? Now I'm a little. Um... So, Patty. So one of the most thoughtful gifts I ever got wasn't a thing. It was um, about five years ago when I was sneakily writing Becoming Mrs. Lewis and in secret, and I needed to go to London, but I just didn't have the freedom. I still had a kid at home and like we we're trying to juggle things, but I didn't want to finish that book till I visited London and Oxford. And even though I'd been before, I hadn't been there with an eye bent towards you know what I was writing. And for Christmas that year, my husband gave us a, a trip to London and Oxford, and he had planned the hotels, the flight, like all the things that were were weighing on me. And it was just, yeah. it was really thoughtful. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Okay. We'll okay. I, I thought about, I thought about mine. The first Christmas, we got married Thanksgiving weekend. So our first Christmas is newlyweds. We moved to Savannah right right after the honeymoon, we never went back to St. Pete. And so my mother-in-law, who was a tremendous, tremendous seamstress, loved to sew, very creative. She, and my family didn't do Christmas stockings, but theirs did. She made me a green velvet um, Christmas stocking. It looks like a high button shoe. And then she filled it with all kinds of sewing implements. So good scissors and a thimble and a pin cushion and a tape measure. And I had, I don't know, maybe she bought it for me or my mom did a secondhand um, sewing machine from Montgomery Wards. That's how old <laughs> yeah. I am. Wow, that's and so, so sweet. Yeah. And so I had, you know, we had this little tiny um, apartment in the upstairs of a house in, in uh, Savannah. And with that sewing machine and the little, all the sewing kit stuff that she gave me and a sewing basket, I made our kitchen curtains which oh, looked wow. like a disaster, but I made, I sold them. Made them. <laughs> That's it. awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> and I still have the stocking, by the way. So we do so stockings you guys every year. Stockings now? Like, yes. Okay. Yeah, Cause that's a huge part of our tradition. Like yep. we open oh, yeah. our stockings during breakfast and you can't open oh. the presents until you already, and then we take a break, put up the breakfast and then yeah, open I, the so, I can't imagine not having stockings. So that's interesting. Yeah, that's we always had stockings gift. for Christmas Eve. That's what we could Ooh, open. Interesting. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. So um, this, I have this story. Again, back to my big get together on Christmas Eve. All of the families were together. My father was, uh, like I said, one of seven. Everybody's together. But all of, a lot of the cousins would exchange gifts through them. But, we, you know, my parents struggled a lot. So we didn't, we weren't able to participate, but we never really noticed that because we were having such a great time. And one Christmas we got there and there was something in the corner and somebody pointed it out to us. That, and then it was just me and my three brothers. My sister hadn't been born yet. And we went over there and it was a gigantic wooden toboggan and it just said to the black boys from Santa. And oh, I have, oh. and I, it was years and years and years before I ever knew who did that. But it was my aunt and uncle that were hosting that year. They wanted to make sure that we felt included. Oh so I just really, you know, I just think oh. ultimate kindness really. Right. Yeah. Yes. Oh, oh that's that so is. sweet. Yeah. I love that. Oh, yes. So, okay. So what was the one treasured gift that you had as a little kid? Like, what's one thing that you just think about that you still, uh, you can't stop thinking about as you get older? I um, snuck into the closet where my mother was hiding Christmas gifts. (laughs) Oh, we all did. (laughs) And uh, 
I found one with my name on it and it was one of those, it was one of the large full format um, golden books of Swiss family Robinson. Oh, nice. And I was, you know, my mom had five kids in seven years and there wasn't very much money. Um, We all like to read, but there wasn't a whole lot of money for that. So this was my book. I think it was my first book that was just mine that nobody else it belonged to. And I, and I, I think I read it until, you know, the spine came apart and I can still remember this is my book and that story. I love that story. We saw, you know, those, the Disney movie with um, Tommy uh, Kirk. I think he was one of the sons. Ron, do you remember that movie? I remember the movie. I don't remember the people that were in Kurt it. Kurt Russell or Tommy Kirk were one of the sons in the movie. They were Disney kids. Wasn't that also the guy who ended up on a show called Emergency? Or anyway, uh, what, what about a gift for you, Christy? There's so many that are like floating through my head right now, but this I know, one I right? think is like the funniest and sort of most unexpected. So I had um, I have this single uncle who, like, you would not think would be like the ultimate like amazing gift giver for a little girl. Like he just didn't have any interest in any like. It was, it's bizarre, but he always gave me the best gifts. And I remember when I was like three, he gave me my first little purse and like, I still remember it. And I was like so proud and carried it around. And he put, um, McDonald's gift certificates in it. I I thought this was like the greatest thing in the world. And I felt so grown up. And I remember like going and having my purse and like getting to use my gift certificates and feeling like I was like, you know, 25. It was like the coolest thing ever. That's, That's awesome. awesome. That is awesome. I love that. <laughs> Meg, looking forward uh, to what you have. I think my favorite gift as a kid was the year that I got a 10-speed bike, which because I, again, we yep. we didn't have a lot of money, and you'd, you know, you'd make your list, and you'd put things on it, and you would never think you'd get them, but, you, you know, you got to give it a shot. So I put yep. the, I knew I exactly what I wanted. I wanted a powder blue Ross 10-speed bike, and I thought, wouldn't that be great if I woke up and it was there under the tree and it was there and I couldn't believe it. (laughs) So I love that bike while I had it. And, um, can we please bring back the storybook lifesavers? Did anyone else used to get those? Oh my, god, oh my god! We used to exchange those in school because you always get somebody's oh name. You had to give a gift to under five dollars, and oh, uh, that was yeah. always the choice. Yeah. Yep. You have a flavor that you always ate first. I always went right to the butterscotches. But um, yeah, those were the best. That pineapple. You like pineapple. pineapple. You got pineapple. Lime, the lime, yum. Ooh, I have like missed out on a life moment here. Yes. <laughs> it looked no. like a little book and you'd open it up and there were five rolls on one side and five on the other or something like that. They don't make them anymore, I don't think. Yeah. Everybody got them in their stockings. And it yes. was all flavors that you couldn't buy in the store. So they didn't make the like um rum, whatever the you know, like the like right? They only had the pie pack and like cherry in the store, but in the storybook. There were all the special ones that I can't could believe only get that. Yeah. Meg, maybe that was just at your house. Maybe a special elf made you a special That's lifesaver true. book. Maybe yeah. magical yeah. flavors. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Hey, Kristen. Speaking of special elves, I had a, um, I remember asking for something super specific. I was maybe first or second grade. I don't know if I was thinking like, oh, this is a test to see if I can actually get this from Santa. Um, but um, I asked for a 
doll and I wasn't a huge doll girl. I was like very tomboyish, but that year I wanted a doll and she, I wanted her to be, have brown hair and be in a white dress that had emeralds and rubies on it. So it was like so specific. Oh it wasn't, wow. it, it wasn't wow. like a thing, but that is all I wanted. It's the only thing I put on my list for Santa. Like I just thought about this doll. It just got stuck in my head. And on Christmas morning, sure enough, there was a doll with brown hair, um, a white dress, and someone had sewn little uh, red and green. Santa obviously had sewn red and green rhinestones all over it, and it was exactly what I had envisioned. I mean, Um, obviously Santa did it, because that is very specific. How could you sew that? But I've got to tell you, it wasn't... I think it wasn't just the doll I got that year. I think it was a couple more years of Christmas magic. If that makes sense. Oh, you know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. 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 That's so sweet. That's a, that is great. That's awesome. Oh, hey, Patty. Yeah. Top that. <laughs> I can't. But, <laughs> I'm um, kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I was going to say a bike, but Meg did, because I remember that bike. And I have a picture of me standing next to it. But... And I know I've posted it before. Maybe I'll find it again. But one Christmas, I got a nursing uniform. My sister and I got matching little nurses' uniforms with the stethoscope and the hat and the whole thing and the little medicine bag. And I remember just like, oh, my gosh, like freaking out about this gift. But the other gift that I loved so much and same, I was a preacher's kid. Not a, you know, it wasn't like we were ripping open cars for Christmas, right? And I remember I got an easel, mm-hmm. like a stand-up wooden easel that you could put you know paper on, and it had a chalkboard. Mm-hmm. And I coveted that thing. I, I mean, if I could have taken it to bed with me that night, I would have oh, loved Lord. that thing so much. I just wanted to hold it and like write on it and pretend <laughs> I was a teacher. And it was, I loved that thing. That's awesome. That's one of my oh favorite. My yeah. That's, that's awesome. So when I was very young, we, um, there was, a, oh, this is going to show my age, but there was a cartoon that was on called Beanie and Cecil. I remember Beanie and Cecil. Do you? Oh, thank you. Cecil was a sea serpent. <laughs> he was. That's one of my favorite. I cannot believe you remember oh, that. That was a show. There's a store called Beanie and Cecil. <laughs> Is there really? <laughs> but they one year they came out, or maybe more than one year, they came out with a um, a doll, basically. But it, a Beanie was like a little kid with blonde hair and overalls, and he would wear a a cap with a beanie on it that would spin around, but they also, you could pull the string and all of the sayings that he was famous for on the show would, would come oh. out. So you could pull it, you're like, help Cecil, help. <laughs> <laughs> I love that thing so much, so much. And believe it or not, I still have it. It doesn't work. Oh, wow, really? I still have it. So yeah, it's great. So, okay. So we've been talking about gifts that we've been given. Um, what are some, what is a gift that you were so excited to give to somebody else? Whoever wants to start. Can. I'm going to start. And I wouldn't say this, but um, I think this will come out before he'll listen. <laughs> but this is this year. I'm excited about the gift I'm giving Pat. Cause I had a portrait done of our doggy's face. And it came out so good and so cute. And I think it's just going to be, and then I'm going to take that painting and I'm going to get two Gilkley prints for my two sons so that they'll all have, they're obsessed with our dog is the point. 
<laughs> that's that is wonderful definitely Aww. well winnie is a very photogenic very. creature she very. has big brown eyes and mm -hmm. these floppy yeah. ears and a little grin on her little white mouth with a little mm -hmm. white dot on her for stripe on her forehead so she is immortalized in oil now that's so. awesome how cool i'll post idea. it after christmas everybody do it do it anybody else have Katie the other day was saying that she remembered one year for Christmas, she got a, um, a Levi's blue jean jacket with shearling lining. Ooh. And she said, when I wore that jacket, I thought I was the shit. <laughs> awesome. I, I bet she was. That's awesome. That is awesome. Oh, that's great. Christy, Kristen, Meg, anybody? We can move on too. I mean, the year, I, a couple oh, years ago, I gave Dave a Peloton bike for um, Ooh, Christmas cool. and oh, managed nice. to, yeah, and I managed to keep it a surprise. And I had it delivered on a day that he wasn't here. And they brought it into the garage and I got king size bed sheets and hit it. And I don't know how he didn't see it out there because so <laughs> it's just, it's kind of a big thing to hide. Um, yeah. But I had the kids help me drag it in Christmas Eve night real late and um he didn't see it till he woke up on christmas morning under the tree and he was like bowled over so it felt like being a kid again you know having this yeah i love that big surprise so under the tree yeah that's awesome that was fun that's I really love cool it. you know what i've stumbled upon recently that i think is kind of a cool gift to give for christmas um you know when i was researching the winemaker's wife which is set in champagne i got really interested in this idea that that um the idea of thinking about the soil that, that the wine is coming from, that the grapes are coming from, right? Yeah. Like, what has that soil been through? What has that piece of land been through? What what has that land seen? And Israel recently has been doing some amazing wines, like wines that get like 92, 93, 94 points from wine enthusiasts. They're good wines. They have some big reds, like big, like Bordeaux blends, um, Merlots, things like that. But they're the specific area that I think is best known for producing those um, really award-winning reds is Galilee, which is where Jesus grew up. Um, oh, wow. and, and I love that idea of giving a wine that's a delicious wine that pairs well with a meal, but that's literally from the place that Jesus lived and like performed miracles and, you know, lived his life. And a lot of the old Testament took place there too. So, um, I, I just, I, when Very you cool. think about that idea of the terroir, like the earth giving, giving the wine something, I can't imagine anything more appropriate for the holidays than the earth having given the wine. So that's kind of like one of my new go-to gifts. I'm excited to gift Israeli wines for the holidays. That's, that's, that's so wonderful. Cool. Yeah. Isn't that cool? <laughs> I like that. Um, oh. I love that. I'm definitely stealing that. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> Mine, I think uh, Will had this grill that he like really, really wanted and wouldn't get for himself and never, I guess, thought that I would get for him. And I made up this really elaborate story about how I was having like furniture recovered so I could like borrow his truck and like drove a couple hours away to like get this thing and then had to have like his friends meet me at the house to get it out. And so he got him and it was like all set up and it had this big bow on it. And he's just impossible to surprise. It's not even like what the gift is. He's just really hard to surprise. 
And so he was so surprised. Yeah. And I was like, so proud. I was like, this is, I will always remember how surprised he was. And like, he was so excited. And we still have it. So it was like 13 years ago. So it was a good oh, That's awesome. <laughs> that's wonderful. Yes. So the last couple of years, it's been really kind of a epiphany. It's like, I don't necessarily, everybody buys what they want for themselves a lot yeah. of times. And yeah, um, it's hard to think of things and you don't like yeah. to give things just to give them. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah. of switched to think about giving an experience. So if somebody has, yeah. um, I know that my, uh, my in-laws uh, for several years, we would give them t- uh, tickets to a show and take them out to di- and really nice dinner and stuff. And so that that became like that the gift too. for them and it was yeah. really and it, it's memorable too so it's it's not uh, it's not yeah yeah not just shoved under a bed or something yeah <laughs> right. or another so, tie or yeah right yeah. Right, yeah. right 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 so so we're, we're still in the mood of giving so our, can you want to recommend some favorite charities to people out there because i think yeah. that that um is a great way for us to tell people what we're what's important to us we uh, well, you, I've got Mary a, <laughs> yeah, I have a, a, a pretty selfish personal um, charity this year. My daughter, Katie, um, is in liver failure and needs a liver transplant. So we are supporting, um, I think every state probably has one. The one in Georgia is called the Georgia Organ Transplant Foundation. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's, that's currently our, um, I, I like No Kid Hungry too. Um, I hate the idea of of children not having a hot meal or having a a lunch. So no kid hungry and (laughs) Georgia uh, organ transplant foundation. Yeah. And we're all there with you on that one. Um, You're always in our thoughts. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah. I am a huge world vision fan. I always have been, even I had like my first little like sponsor child when I was, young and I remember like you know making that big decision and I think I'm on my like 10th or something now which is so crazy because they like graduate out of the program um but they're just I don't know I really like it I did some work with them like a little more in depth um for a few years and I just learned a lot about the organization I think they do a lot of really good things and um I feel really good about the money actually getting to the people who need it which I think sometimes yeah. is a little bit iffy. Um and our friend Debbie McCumber just started helped them launch their new literacy program which is really yeah, really Yeah, I saw cool. that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um yeah. it's really great and it's just a good organization. I like it a lot. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Meg I have a favorite local charity here at the Jersey Shore called Bridge of Books Foundation and um a friend of mine started it up and she uh, the whole mission is to get books into the hands of children who wouldn't normally own their own books. Um, just like Kathy's story before about the Swiss Family Robinson book. Um, right. There's so many kids you don't think about it because if your house is brimming over with books like a lot of ours are, um, there's plenty of kids who will never have a, a book that they own that they can tuck away. Um, so she gets yeah. uh, donations. She gets used books from cleaning out your house or She's in touch with publishers for overruns or, um, and she gets them into um, for towns and then barbershops where kids can take, you know, and, and all sorts of little locations around that you don't think about. Um, but I love supporting her because it's such an important right. mission. Yeah. yeah what's That's more important than books yeah. to a kid? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Kristen, how about you? 
Um, you know, I always support, support, um, is it the Juvenile Diabetes Foundation? I think that's the name mm. of the organization. Uh, I, there's mm. a, I have a very close family member who's had diabetes since uh, type one yeah. diabetes since he was three. Um, and I think that's such an important thing to put more research money into. I think, you know, a lot of the time, um, the things we feel compelled to, to support are things that, that hit very close to home. And that's right. one that, that hits close to home, uh, for me. Um, I also always donate to make a wish. My mother-in-law used to work for them and I saw mm. how, um, how closely they really did work with the, the families and how hard they worked, you know, making sure that those donor dollars made it through to those children and really did grant those wishes. So, you know, I just kind of saw a lot of that from the inside. So I know what wonderful work they do. Um, and then second harvest, which is a local, uh, a local food pantry um, that gives meals to central Florida families um, who, like uh, who need them. Um, and, and I think that that's an important thing to do also, especially in these times, um, you know, Florida it, in, in, in particular, Orlando, where I live, has a lot of hotel workers who haven't um, had work in a, in a long time because of the pandemic, because of, um, you know, decreases in travel. And I think there are a lot of families who are hungry um, this year um, through, no, you know, through, through circumstances beyond their control, which I, you know, I think is always the case, but I think it's an important thing to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. so that's just yeah. yeah, I think it's on, it's definitely on the increase too. The need yeah. is, is, yeah. is very great. So absolutely. Patty. You know, it's so hard because each one of the things y'all have mentioned, I'm like, want to whip out my checkbook yeah. because oh, no, yeah. it's true. they're all so important. Yeah. So they're all so choose, important. Yeah. Um, so I think, I mean, I'll tell you for me, I, I always lean towards literacy when I'm trying yeah. to make a decision just because literacy for children means answers even some of the questions we're talking about, like having food being, yep. being supported. So there's yep. so many good literacy foundations and um, the ones that are local to where you live are probably the ones that you should focus on because they're, they change your community. Literacy foundations for children change your community and in changing the community, they literally change the country. So um, that's always my flat out answer, but, you know, because I had breast cancer, I'm always, um, you know, for the cancer center at my local hospital. I don't do um, the bigger ones. Most of my giving, um, I try to, to funnel into to local, whether it's for kids' foods or programs or literacy or cancer. Yeah. Yeah, so true. And, and it's right. It, it, it's whatever hits close to home, too, is always yeah. becomes important to us. Mm -hmm. I, um, but as Franklin Fiction, as a group, we are all you know, making a donation in Katie's name to the, yeah. Oh, thank you. Georgia, yeah. You know, organ, and we'll yep. post about it, but it's been heavy on our hearts and you got to put your money where your mouth is, or I guess money where your heart is. Absolutely. Yeah. Or where your liver is. Yep. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, y'all that's our, that's our slogan right there. Put there your you go. <laughs> <laughs> your money where your liver is. Oh There's a tagline for that. Just Israeli wine. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. It is funny. Um, yeah, up here uh, we've partnered with the local food bank, so I'm a big supporter of the food bank. So we uh, we were using the libraries to distribute food to families, and we would hear some of the greatest stories from them. 
um, what what they do at the food bank is incredible. And we we hand out boxes now of things, but we used to do it inside the library. And it was a mom who came up and said, you know, I had a, an accident with my car and I had to save up money for it to be repaired. But my kids being able to eat here oh, for wow. two weeks uh, oh, was helped me able to fix my car and put it back in, in business. Yeah. So I, those kind yeah. of things just are cementing that uh, what yeah. we care about really can yeah. make a difference. Um, it reminds us that libraries, it's not just about books. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. Libraries absolutely. are such a hub for every community. Yep. And in Ohio, we're now the, um, we're, I think we're one of the highest distributors of at-home COVID test kits. Wow. wow. That's wow. It's a lot. <laughs> it's wow. a lot. I can imagine. Whoa. We kind of cringe when the UPS driver comes with 15 <laughs> giant cartons of them oh, that we have to tear out. But, but oh you know, it helps people. It is yeah. such an important thing for them. And yeah. they can't afford a lot of times to go and get yeah. those to be able to yeah. go to work or go to uh, a trip or wherever. Um, okay. So last question. Mm. What is your wish for the new year? Who wants to start? Mary Kay? Um. Well, <laughs> well, again, my continuing. To, yeah, I, I, I continuing on the liver theme. My my wish for the new year, of course, is is a healthy family, and and uh, the person we need yeah. the help for the most is Katie. So, um, very selfishly hoping no, for a liver for her, but I'm also hoping yeah. that we'll get past COVID soon because hers is a byproduct. Her her illness is a byproduct of COVID. So, <sighs> yeah. And I have to sign off, y'all. So I'm just going to fade into the background. Right on. Merry Christmas, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow. Yep. Christy. Um, I think mine is just to kind of be able to take a step back and refocus on, like, what's important. I think this has been such a busy um, time and, like, couple of years and, um, sometimes it's hard to prioritize the things that, you know, you need to, cause you're sort of yeah. buried under these things that maybe aren't as important. And, um, so I think that's for me, just like really weighing like what we say yes to and, and what is important. And this community is definitely one of those things. So, you know, reinvigorating that and yeah. Yep. Perfectly said Meg. Uh, I'm going to say health and, and for, for all of us, I feel like the pandemic has just shown and, and what Mary Kay is going through and what we've all, you know, been yes. witnessing her go through. Um, Unthinkable. It's, it is. And um, yes. without it, you have nothing. So all the wishes and dreams you have and all the things you want to do and experiences you want to have, if you're not healthy enough to do them, you can't. So at the basis of it all is good health. And I wish that for everyone. Everybody. That's so well put. Yes. Yes. Ooh, Kristen? You know, we've talked a lot of times, I think, on Friends in Fiction um, and here even today on this podcast um, about how a community like Friends in Fiction connects us because we find this thing that brings us together. And, and in the case of Friends in Fiction, I think it's books and books lead us to this community and form these friendships. But it doesn't mean that we all have the same backgrounds or the same viewpoints or the same beliefs. We're just able to find something that we have in common and find those bridges to each other over the things that are our differences. And I think maybe yeah. my hope 
in general for the world for the next year is that we find more of those bridges um, through books, through gardening, through cooking, through, through the things we have in common, whatever those hobbies are, whatever those loves are, that we find those ways to come together and realize that the things that separate us aren't as important and that those differences can be overcome and those gaps can be bridged. I, I think we've seen so much division and so much politicizing of things that don't need to be politicized. Um, and, and I hope that I hope that things begin to swing back the other way because it, it's time. It's time. We need to come together. Oh I mean, God. look at how that burnt pie united us. I mean, for anyone listening who doesn't know the pie reference, just look on Twitter, Marie Callender and Sharon Weiss. <laughs> now it has its own Facebook page. <laughs> Does it really? Sharon yeah. Burnt Pie Facebook page. Wow. Yeah. I'll be um, checking that out. If I if I had some magic wand with little sparkly things on it and I could wave it, um, I would combine everybody's wishes of health and connection and healing and and I would throw in that recipe some peace for God's sake. Just some peace, some calm, some um, kind, calm peace where we can approach it all. All these things we're wishing for and and come at it in this equanimity. I never can say that word right. Um, Peaceful, um, peaceful place. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Y'all ought to be writers. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to try that. We're going to try that. To see how that works. That's a miracle. <laughs> yeah, let's read a book, guys. It's <laughs> hilarious. That's good. So, on that hey, note, today I, we're going to write an anthology since Kathy's Mary Kay's not here. Yeah, let's write an anthology. Let's just go ahead and assign her part and not ask her. It's going to be called <laughs> the Christmas Wish, and we're each going to get one, and we're just going to say we're doing it. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I like it. You'll end up with Santa suit too. <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. So uh, on that note, I want to wish you all a happy, happy holiday season, a happy new year, Merry everyone. Christmas, whatever you celebrate. And everybody listening, this this is um, just the best community ever. And we are so grateful for every one of you. And um, we just wish the best for every single one of you. Absolutely. Merry Christmas. Merry and Christmas, happy everyone. Some happy holidays, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Friends in Fiction Writer's Block Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. Tune in every Friday for another episode. And you can also join us every week on Facebook or YouTube, where our live Friends in Fiction show airs at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are so glad you're here. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.